0: Welcome to the podcast of Tomorrow, a Future Podcast where today we're discussing season eleven, episode six. I know what you did next, Xmas. I am Wendy Wilson. Joined as always by Alex Coons. Alex, how's it going?
1: Ho ho ho. What a what a Christmas episode.
0: So festive this September. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh I kind of like what they did where they're just like, we want to do a Christmas episode. These are airing on Hulu in September, like the traditional TV season doesn't even exist anymore. So Mm -hmm. like, whatever, you're just getting it on September 7th or whenever it came out.
0: (laughs) Time for Robot Santa. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, Alex, how's it going? Things
1: are pretty good. Invisalign update. I finished my 35 sets 38 sets of Invisalign and then they said good job here's 20 more for you to do so
0: 20 more uh,
1: yeah the the 38 sets were on 10 day frequency of changing Uh so that was like a full year and the 20 more is on seven days so it's like 20 weeks so okay it's not that bad but yeah yeah that's better than it's only on seven days I had the new nodes like put in Mm -hmm. my teeth are very sore Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that's Invisalign corner
0: Wow. Okay. That's, that's like maybe the most sets I've ever heard of a human.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think my teeth were really screwed up again. Like oh. this, this all started because I went to my dentist and they were like, your oral hygiene is magnificent, but like, if it wasn't, this would be a complete disaster.
0: So <laughs> I don't know. My,
1: my orthodontics was, was all messed up.
0: The big book of British smiles. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's wow! That's incredible. I remember when I did mine, they when they redid the notes, very painful. But I remember that being the biggest like point of dysmorphia with respect to Invisalign, where I was like, "You promised mm-hmm. me they were invisible. Everyone is staring at these." Stupid yeah, little bumps everyone sees on my, my bumps. Boy, did I think that that was like a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah i have definitely just accepted my fate and we'll have bumps and does did it does it come off like they've scraped off some of the old nodes and it still has like a weird texture a little bit does your yeah. did yours ever you know just go away eventually
0: yes there's no evidence that i ever had them on my teeth yeah
1: that's
0: good and like a couple of my teeth had like four on an individual too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeez. yeah that yeah, no, was weird but yeah so that's invisalign corner and good you said you what, had uh... a utility related story
1: yeah, so in the in the pre-show banter, the, the, the patron level patrons. banter, yeah for the 80 dollar patrons, Lindsay was complaining about internet access that she's having to set up. and it made me think about my utility story, which <laughs> is extreme sad single bachelor life. not not to say that Jeremy's a sad single bachelor, but I, I wonder if Jeremy <laughs> has a uh, stories akin to this. I don't know how much cooking he does, but I of course not I'm uh, a terrible cook. <laughs> very infrequently cook at home. And when I do, it's like, Oh, yeah, I've like made myself a salad or something. So one time when I moved into a new apartment, I just like didn't set up my gas bill for months and months and months. Because like, Oh, I'm not using my stove or my stovetop. And I was horrified to realize like they called me and was like, and we're like, Hey, you need to set up your gas. And I'm like, why? Like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want this utility. But the the gas company just has like a a stranglehold on i guess this is a requisite for being an apartment renter is that you must have gas in your apartment
0: why that's so know. like
1: do you think that's the thing in canada like if you think that that if you're renting an apartment and you just like never set up gas do you think they would come banging on your door
0: i don't know i feel like now i'm (laughs) questioning everything i've always i guess wanted it so that i could cook but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. That's very interesting. I feel like it seems like when I've had, so I've only had this happen one time where I've had a gas stove in my apartment. And I think it was just a part of my, I just like paid the landlord utilities or something. I don't right. think I actually got a gas bill. So that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to Google I, this. I'll do some live Googling while you vamp for a bit.
1: I, uh, you know, so I like, they called me. And it was like highly embarrassing about I've been living in this apartment for three months. And now that now, you know, that I've like never turned on my uh, stovetop. But I was I talked to the woman and was like, oh, man, like, uh, I haven't set it up yet. And she was like, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. So there are many, 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 presumably single men in New York who are not bothering to set up their their oven.
0: That's incredible. I am not seeing anything. Homeowners and licensed gas contractors require an installation permit it is the best I can find so far. Yeah. So So. very, any any electricians,
1: any con ed employees (laughs) write in and let us know why this is a mandate in New York City that you have to pay a gas bill, even if you don't want gas.
0: Yeah. Or if it's just like, as you said, a stranglehold on your utilities and your bank account. Wow. (laughs) Shocking stuff. Truly. My issue is that I've now been waiting two weeks to get an installation date for my internet. So I'm like begging them to take my money from me and it's not happening. So two weeks unacceptable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay, what else was going on
0: in your week? Oh, who remembers? We are in the process of moving. So there's been lots of packing and we have company coming this weekend. So packing while there's company is always a challenge. I remember one time I have this cousin who I don't see very often it's like several years at a time and one time when I was living in Ottawa she was like I'm in town can I stay with you and I was like sure but I'm moving next week so literally everything in my house was in a box and she had to just like come and sleep on my couch and I was like I have one blanket that has not been packed here you go
1: (laughs) take this
0: (laughs) so yeah so people seem to sense when I'm in the process of moving and will be highly inconvenient invite
1: yourselves over
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh hopefully they're not listeners it's fine (laughs) yeah
1: oh i got one of my friends listening so beloved friend gwen thank you for listening oh welcome Uh,
0: beloved friend gwen
1: yeah she she said she's a futurama fan did you ever are any futurama box sets being packed up did you ever purchase the dvds
0: i of course purchased the dvds i believe though that they are in my storage unit i never bothered to bring Um, them to vancouver what's the (laughs) i have anything to play them on yeah, I I don't think I have any disc drive anywhere
1: in this house, <laughs> or this apartment rather. What's the deal with the Futurama box sets? Are they as iconic and then as disastrous as The Simpsons?
0: Yeah, well, no, not as disastrous as The Simpsons. So I have the first, I think they did like the five seasons on... Four box sets or something but then my season one was so scratched up that i went to replace (laughs) it and i think that was one of the things in my amazon search history from like 2012 (laughs) or whatever i think that was me replacing that and it looks drastically different but i'm not someone who felt the need to replace the entire set yeah
1: yeah there's just something that hits different about those first five simpsons box sets like they really nail the the design the consistency all of that all that's great
0: Yes, and then that weird bubble head thing—the bubble head
1: that I send a picture to you at any time I see it.
0: Anytime, yes, literally. My favorite one of that is when it's the like shit post of Lisa wearing, and she's like, "I'm not a state, I'm a monster." <laughs> yeah, I'm not a DVD case, I'm a monster. <laughs> so good, so um... good.
1: I really liked my my first foray into DVD uh, or seasons of TV on DVD was Friends. And Friends had very good box sets as well, very consistent. And then I like Seinfeld as well. Seinfeld also had, had good sets. Yes. Did, you, did you have any only... that were particularly uh, close?
0: No, I also I only have I feel like I only really got into box sets like pretty late in the game. And at that point, I started just buying entire series sets. So like I had yeah. this weird yellow felt box with all the friends DVDs that I think was probably mm. just like a weird bootlegged version. I expect. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I had like the entire box set of Seinfeld. And that was in this big blue binder thing that I feel like probably a lot of people have. I got that on. Boxing week sale or something. Yeah. I feel like I had it for like $45.
1: I remember my my the like only eBay purchase I ever made was buying a bootleg Survivor the Amazon DVDs and uh-huh. like going back and forth with the eBay seller because they were like definitely like scamming me and I had to like uh-huh. really, really fight to get to get those bootleg DVDs sent.
0: But I need these DVDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, incredible. Alex, what did you think of this episode? I know what you did next Xmas. I'm really struggling not to say last.
1: Yeah. I I loved it. I thought it was great. I really liked that it felt like more of an ensemble episode than usual mm-hmm. where like everyone from the from the crew is involved. They even like reference at some point, like, hey, there's like 19 characters in this room right now. I think they <laughs> did I think they did a really good job of Clearly it's a bender and Zoidberg story is the A-plot, but everyone else is like involved in a small scene here or there. It doesn't feel like out of place. I mean, I think that we're we're starting to approach the how the West was one being like the meme of like the bad episode and the like, mm-hmm. oh, here's where they did things wrong and referencing it too much. But like the thing that I think about is those Hermes scenes in that where it just feels like totally out of place. Like, why are we cutting to Hermes here for no reason? Why is his son involved? And I feel like they did the opposite of that in this episode, where it's like, yeah, everyone's involved here. They all feel like a natural, small little cute scene with them all. Yeah. And then I I really like the A-plot as well.
0: Yeah. I think we touched on it a little bit last week about how Zoidberg and Bender as a duo is not something we see very often. And I thought that was really fun. I thought that, exactly to your point about how the west is one etc how they tried to do way too much i felt like they hit a good balance in this episode where everyone has a little something to do but they don't try to make it a whole story for everyone it's just enough and we get mm-hmm. to spend most of our time on a pretty good a story so i thought this one worked pretty well and works well as a holiday episode so yeah no no yeah really. i think it was very it's, good
1: it's cozy which we love yes um, yes yeah, very cozy it's like- yeah the the time travel is really good like the sci-fi elements of it are fun i think it's mostly quite
0: contained in in the office so i think that yeah keeps it fairly small scale
1: yeah there's like i I never really knew what was going to happen like the the through line of like oh somebody is still writing i know what you did next xmas i think that resolves kind of stupidly but like the through line of that throughout the episode definitely kept it unpredictable so yeah i think yeah i think this is like either my favorite of the new batch or just below the premiere
0: yeah yeah no i thought this worked well did you ever see i know what you did last summer
1: <laughs> i did not so i didn't really know how much of the like a plot was a direct there were moments in the episode where it felt like okay they're just doing exactly i don't i know what you did last summer and i didn't know how closely it aligned to it have you have you seen the movie
0: yeah so i saw it when i was probably nine or ten And it was one of those birthday party horror movie situations. Mm, Yes. And it pretty much ruined my life.
1: My true true nightmare. (laughs) I just hated doing that.
0: I hated it so much. I don't like horror movies to this day. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. (laughs) And I fully blame that movie. I remember reading one time in the Rob has a podcast patron Facebook group. Someone said, I want to show my kid their first horror movie. What's one Mm -hmm. that's not? gonna traumatize them. And someone responded, I know what you did last summer. It's not so bad. And I was like, don't you dare. I yeah. was destroyed by that movie. <laughs> I was so scared, so afraid. People kind of seem to view it as not that scary. I thought it was terrifying. Yeah. Guy with I a mean, hook. Nine hand. or ten. Uh, nine or yeah. ten is very young for that. Very young. Yeah, I was definitely too young. And also we grew up in the middle of the woods and it was very dark. And (laughs) if you ever had to walk anywhere at nighttime, it was very scary. So I was like, I'm not watching anything that makes it hard for me to live my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just out here on my farm trying to do my best.
0: Yeah, I became a real stickler about this after that, where I was a real stickler about a lot of things. But one of them became, (laughs) I do not watch horror movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I've told probably both these stories before on the podcast, but my my young scary movie viewing, I think the the good stories there was far too late. I think it was probably like thirteen or fourteen. I was at a slumber party, birthday slumber party, and people wanted to watch The Matrix Two. And I just like straight vetoed it. I'm like, that's rated mm-hmm. R. That sounds scary. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I like, I don't even too remember scary. what we did. We probably just like sat in silence. Of mm-hmm. I like definitely just ruined the the whole vibe of the party. Cause I was like, no, I am I am not comfortable watching Simply like this. Too spooky. This, yeah, this action movie. And then the other one was. Uh, I think I, my sophomore year in high school, we watched Nightmare on Elm Street for like a class. Yeah. And I remember having to get like permission to watch the R-rated movie and being like, it's okay if, if you don't want to like give me permission to watch this. Like, I don't, horrible. I don't need to watch
0: this. So. Oh my God. At school?
1: Yeah, I forget. I forget exactly why we did it.
0: Horrible, horrible, yeah. wildly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, no, the only big thing that I remember is just like, they run over a guy i think and then they try to like throw the body in the water or something and Mm -hmm. then the guy come they all agree they're not going to talk about it and then they start getting creepy notes they're like i know what you did and then there's creepy guy with a hook hand and it's the guy he wasn't really dead i guess i don't really remember but scary how did
1: the hook hand come about they ran him over with a car and then then he had a hook hand yeah
0: maybe he lost his hand (laughs) i don't (laughs) don't remember i was too busy being horrified
1: yeah (laughs) um yeah so so like all of that doesn't really like um if they named the title of the episode something different like i think that people would not think of this as like oh this is i know what you did last summer parody like it's such a small part of this episode
0: yeah just the i know what you did a couple times Mm -hmm. and there is a moment in there where it's like i still know what you did and i think the sequel is called i still know what you did last summer Mm -hmm. yes but so the opening title on this one is hive mind says relax so that's something
1: so I think that's a reference to Frankie says relax, which yes. I only know that again from friends of Ross yes. wears that shirt at one point, which is like the most iconic slogan shirt. I feel like, yes. I mean,
0: like stretched over Ross's giant body. Yeah.
1: Whatever that actual brand or group or whatever that's actually from was just obliterated by Ross's stretched <laughs> body It's
0: a yeah. band or a group musical group. And they did that song that's like, relax, don't do it. no. no, 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 no. Mm. No, you don't like music. It's fine. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Boop Corner.
1: Boop, daddies. I think I was was predisposed to be thinking of Christmas time. I said demon chasing a snowball.
0: Okay. So, Alex, I think this might be the first time in the history of Boop Corner I have seen this.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yes. It was very exciting. I was like, oh, my God. I definitely watched this as a child. And then when I looked into it, I was like, yes, absolutely. Yes. So this is called (laughs) Jack Frost a 1934 film. But then it's one of those ones that was like repackaged after they added color to it and posted Mm it again in 1973.
1: (laughs) Okay, and under what circumstances were you watching Jack Frost remastered?
0: Yeah, so my father had a lot of old timey cartoons on VHS. And he did a lot of like just recording Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff. And I think of (laughs) this as falling under the same purview, yeah. Of like stolen cartoons that he had <laughs> access to. Because I remember watching this a lot of times. I don't know if it was like on a real VHS or if it yeah. was just all these bootleg situations. A lot of bootlegging in my life. But uh, plot summary is that the animals are enjoying the summer. Jack Frost shows up and he's painting the world for autumn. And then he's like, everybody get ready to sleep. It's going to be cold. And then this little bear is very arrogant about it. And he's like, I'm a f- grizzly bear. I don't need to sleep. On What's the winter going to do to me?
1: Is he humorous.
0: Yes. And he sings a song. Where he's like, I don't have to worry. I don't have to care. And that I yeah, I sang that a lot as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched this again yesterday because I was like, oh, man, I remember enjoying wow. this." So he tries to stay outside instead of hibernating. His mother gets upset and then he gets chased by the old man winter. And that's what and we're that's witnessing the, the is the, the demon. scary demon. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, did, Jack, did it Rusk, hold up when
1: you rewatch this?
0: I remembered the parts that I found really satisfying. Like there's a spot where Old Man Winter traps him inside a log and puts like icicles in front of it, like the bars of a cage. <laughs> yeah. And then Jack Frost comes and turns them into candy canes. He decorates them brightly colored thing. And then yeah. he's able to like lick through them. And I remember thinking they looked very appetizing and wonderful. <laughs> very clever.
1: I really wonder, uh, I've had like, so I, had, I remember watching like a Roadrunner cartoon that I would rent from the grocery store and like watching that again and again and again. I really wonder like, I feel like everyone has memories of that, of like, oh, when I was a kid, I watched this thing yes. so many times back to back to back. And like your sense of time as a child is so weird and diluted. Mm-hmm. Like, I really wonder, I have like no sense of if I watch this Roadrunner cartoon 200 times or like eight times. Eight and, times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Mine, my version of that one was Harriet the Spy. I thought was probably my biggest one mm-hmm. and Homeward Bound. <laughs>
1: And do you have any set like what if you were to guess how many times did you
0: actually watch those things? *Harriet the Spy* I probably watched twenty times. Yeah, but in That's my mind, like, I'm like a I watched good it two hundred times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I watched it every day for six years. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you probably watched it for like a month and wanted to watch it every day and then day. went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right so we open up and amy and kiff's babies are there decorating the mm-hmm. tree so we wondered i think if we were they were going to appear any further and i thought they were used pretty effectively here where it's not an annoying set of new kid characters it's just they're there and they say one funny thing
1: yeah i thought this was great i mean later in the episode they're like at dinner with amy's parents and the kids are there they say some stuff it's just like feels very natural they feel established in the universe and they're yeah. not annoying so
0: yeah a plus agreed there is a stocking above the fireplace for nibbler's <laughs> worms
1: yes <laughs> lots you? of tiny little stockings
0: yes and so as per the other christmas episodes we are securing the perimeter because santa's going <laughs> to come and then yeah so they basically like turn the office into a big secured gingerbread house and there's mm. a card in bender's stocking that says i know what you did next xmas
1: Yes, very charming little like defense gingerbread system that yes. gets deployed. The little gumdrop is like a, a spring projectile thing.
0: Yeah, so and there's like a giant vault over the chimney that they drag into place. Yes, and I think it's Zoidberg who says, I wonder what you will have done and who will have known about it. <laughs> yeah, it's so. a
1: complicated line.
0: Yes, so the kids get used in this way for the exposition part of the mm-hmm. episode <laughs> where uh, amy and kiff are showing them their first animated Xmas special and it is explaining how santa came to be where in 2801 they made this mechanical santa he could deliver over five mega presents per second <laughs> and he was supposed to decide who got gifts versus brutal punishment
1: <laughs> yeah yeah nice little way to do exposition I, I figure it's fair for them to do it do it here where if they just don't do it and you have new Futurama viewers it's very confusing Mm -hmm. why Santa is like a horrible menacing robot cute animation very much in the style of the old Christmas like claymation cartoons do you have a favorite one of those what's your what's your favorite of these old cartoons
0: I feel like I never got that into any of them I was a big nightmare Mm -hmm. before Christmas kid so that was my Mm -hmm. claymation of choice (laughs) (laughs) I probably watched that 20 times as well my god I rented that so many times and still really love it that's the my go-to at Christmas even as an adult I had never seen that for the longest time. I think I watched that for the first time, like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I got Hazel to watch it with me. I think also within the last couple of years. And she was like, why are you so obsessed with this movie? Nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty good.
1: I uh, Charlie Brown, Chris. It's interesting that uh, do you think that's a Canadian thing? Like, did that just like that part of weird American culture not make it up there?
0: It's definitely. It is present. Like, I remember seeing the Rudolph one. But like the frosty one is less familiar to me. The cartoon Grinch Who Stole Christmas one mm-hmm. we watch every year. We see the Charlie Brown Sounds one every good. year. Okay. But that, yeah, that, like, I mean, that's about what we do. I think I yeah. Charlie Brown, is I think, is my
1: favorite. Grinch is very good. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol, of course, is iconic. Yes. That's like a, a classic.
0: <laughs> I think um, we've talked about that on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, a good moment here where Amy's like, I'm so sorry, kids. I never wanted you to know that Santa is real. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah
1: kwanza and the hanukkah zombie uh show up kwanza shows up later in the episode is hanukkah zombie is that an established character
0: yes i believe i believe he's mentioned in the other ones i don't know if we've ever seen him before or if they, mm-hmm. if that's in one of the newer episodes but i don't okay. think we well, I, I
1: would yeah yeah i was gonna say i'll have to try to keep an eye out for his first appearance in the original run because i i'm very curious they did not give any exposition of what the hell hanukkah zombie is about or why he is there so I'm curious to hear it's... his origin story
0: did we watch the Xmas episode where bender is delivered no we haven't watched that one yet so had you met Quanzabot yet
1: i i have no idea i i kwanzabot was in my vernacular but i don't remember if we've seen him yet
0: yes kwanzabot famously voiced by coolio and mm-hmm. he died shortly after putting this episode together so they dedicated this episode to him interesting oh. okay All right. So let's see. Professor says that he has figured out how to fix Santa and all he's going to have to do is sneak up on him and reverse the polarity on his naughty or nice sensor. And yeah, he says that Santa's only prepared for an attack from the present. so He's not going to sneak up on him through space, but rather through time. Yes. And so
1: they're going to go back to uh, 2801 when things first went wrong and just fix everything there. Uh, a little bit of like going back in time and, and killing Hitler uh, vibes. of yes. like we got to we got to stop this calamity from happening.
0: Yeah, exactly. What if everything else changes with that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it reminded exactly.
1: me of maybe one of my favorite Futurama jokes that has actually stuck with me of uh, it was another time travel episode. And they loop back there. They do the time loop thing, just like they do mm-hmm. in this episode of like going back and then back all the way to the big bang and then that that loops the to the future and i forget what episode this is in but they they like do a double loop and the professor just says like oh we'll like shoot hitler out the window or something along (laughs) along the way
0: yes one of my favorites very good yes yeah the plan is that he's going to materialize behind santa as he exits this very fireplace on christmas eve and all Mm -hmm. he had to do was add a reverse gear to his time machine so now it can go backwards as well as forwards Yes.
1: Apparently the office was a meat market back in 2801. Any context for why this is what it was?
0: No, and I think they sort of allude to that where they're like, We have a meat locker here. Like (laughs) it seems to be just brand new canon for the office, not ever previously established, as far as I know. But please write in if we're wrong.
1: Yeah, I my take was so when they go back to 2801, there's like a bunch of old time like flying buggies and stuff it's like some old cars and i don't know i got the vibe that they were going for like oh this is like old time london with like meat packaging and uh butchers and stuff maybe i'm totally off base and that's not what they were going for but it just felt like oh we're back in like 1800s london Mm -hmm.
0: yes he also says he's gonna go alone to minimize the risk of anyone becoming their own grandfather a reference to an (laughs) episode we have not yet come across but Fry's like, yeah, these things happen. And Leela's like, no, they don't.
1: Yes, a very telling look at Fry
0: when they're talking about this. Yes. So next time you see me, Santa will have been good again. And so we see a bunch of clips of old episodes as they go back in time, including the smelloscope, Fry Mm -hmm. teaching the class for dumb people or whatever, and Amy having Fry's head on her body. And then he appears right back at the fireplace in the office
1: yes good to, good on you for uh, freeze framing that uh again Lindsay. <laughs> putting in more work than me
0: putting in the work i did notice the smelloscope the first time through and amy but i went back and checked again so there's some <laughs> other ones i think those are the, th- the three that i got mm-hmm. so so yeah the professor sneaks up on emmy reverses the sensor while the while santa is eating all of these cookies and then yeah he comes back to the present and he has fixed santa
1: Yeah, I love that the fix here is just like using a penny on the little slot and just turning it upside down. Very good. Uh, I I also love I also love Santa here is it's like good Santa at this point. So Mm -hmm. he's like coming down the chimney and like scanning the cookies and like eating the cookies and chomping on the table. I just love that like good Santa is still even
0: kind of a menace. Yes, (laughs) agreed. So they all get the rest of this week off. Stop pretending we do anything around here. And according to the Futurama Wiki, this is the canonical first time that the professor refers to Fry as Uncle Fry. Oh, wow. Invites him to join him and Qbert at his chalet in the Bronx.
1: Yes. I love Professor gives everyone a week off for their so-called loved ones. And Mm -hmm. they say it's a human resources miracle.
0: Yes. Yes. And Lila's family also wants to meet Fry because he didn't make much of an impression last time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Which is very fair.
0: Yes. And so Zoidberg and Bender are the only ones left behind. And Zoidberg's like, oh my God, we can hang out. And Bender's like, absolutely (laughs) not. And that goes on for quite a long time.
1: Yeah. Again, a good way to get these two together. They're not normally
0: together. And they're just kind of like the people with no family with nothing to do on Christmas. Yes. And so Fry and Kubert are against the professor and the abominable snowman in a snowball fight. Leela <laughs> and her family are making snow angels. Zoidberg's just sitting in his dumpster. And Bender is just like cold calling Calculon. So everybody really enjoying their Christmas. <laughs>
1: Yeah, nice little montage. The the snow angels are in the sewer and it's snow angels out of asbestos. The the Bronx being, yeah, snowy and a mountain is interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of new new, new new York already, but maybe this is the first time we've seen the Bronx.
0: I think so. Yeah. First time I think we hear about the professor having his own chalet. Chalet, yeah. Zoidberg <laughs> yeah. so makes a comment where he's like, if I had a family, I would be dead. Isn't anybody going to care about that? <laughs>
1: Yeah, which we saw a little bit in the Zoidberg mating episode of that whole ritual.
0: Yes, exactly. So that's the only reason he's alive. And so he says good Santa's ruining Xmas he wants to give him such a snipping and he also says every Xmas he shows up in the fire hole, which I like.
1: <laughs> Lindsay, we've we of course have talked about your iconic Christmas of hauling lumber or whatever you were doing on the <laughs> farm that gave you back pain. Uh-huh. Any other kind of like family traditions akin to anything they're doing here?
0: I don't know. Last Christmas, there was some sliding in the back hill. That was nice. Okay. When I was a child, we always used to go <laughs> out into the woods and cut down our own <laughs> Christmas tree. Wow. And oh, my that God. Was... Yeah. And so we have a wholesome family video where <laughs> we were supposed to get on the back of this wagon and my dad was going to drive the tractor into the woods and he just left without us. And so all the children are like running <laughs> behind the wagon and we all just like eat shit in the, in the snow. So, yeah good stuff
1: wow is this like chainsaw taking down the tree
0: oh yeah big time yeah wow yeah we don't do that anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah is that like yep. a 2023 thing of like oh this is like dangerous and i feel like, like it's just like too much of a pain in the
0: ass yeah. <laughs> and so we stopped doing it like i don't know at least 15 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what about you wholesome family traditions My, I, skiing you I guys are just... a ski family
1: a little bit of skiing, not never doing it like on Christmas day or anything. I, my, uh, my Christmas or uh, my family's Christmas tree tradition is like the exact opposite of like, we have the fake Christmas tree because various people are allergic. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, we just like put that tree down in the basement and we just left the ornaments on and we'll just drag it back up and the ornaments will <laughs> will still be on. And, uh, and, and that's that.
0: Wow, well. Incredible stuff. <laughs> my grandmother has a similar thing with her artificial tree. And a couple of years ago, everybody was like, oh, it'll be so nice to like put her tree up early. So she has something nice to look at. And then she was basically like, oh, I'm so tired of looking at this stupid tree. And it was like yeah. December 26th. She was like, someone come take this down. I hate it.
1: <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> another sad anecdote from the apartment that they for. Forced me to buy gas for was I had a little a little Christmas tree for that apartment and I just kept it alive for like months and months and months and didn't want to and was it was more too lazy to keep it to throw it out but I just didn't Mm -hmm. throw it out and I had to throw it out like the middle of June when I moved moved apartments and I was also (laughs) shameful of bringing a small Christmas tree down to the curb.
0: Wow, (laughs) you're like I promise it hasn't been dead this whole time. Yeah, we also I I think we didn't mention that. Fender and Zoidberg get really drunk on this dumpster nog that Zoidberg sure. has made and so that's how they end up coming up with this scheme that they're going to drive to last xmas kidnap Santa so he can't deliver presents this xmas and their stupid friend's holiday will be ruined
1: yes so more time travel
0: shenanigans yes. and they arrive at last xmas they kidnap Santa and shove him in an old meat locker and as i said <laughs> they were like we have that like this is the first time this is being established
1: yeah kind of gruesome of like hooking him up on the like yeah. hook Uh, i was wondering if that was a uh i know what you did last summer reference of like hooking someone up by the like scrub of their neck on a big hook in a meat locker
0: yeah i mean the hook is very central but i don't know about hanging anyone up on one but yeah yeah, he manages to just like swing on it and bust down the door and escapes almost immediately and bit of a subversion here but i feel like we should be expecting these at this point but they say like (laughs) i know the time machine and the bender just picks it up and smashes santa with the time machine yeah
1: yeah i was kind of looking forward to more time shenanigans and Mm
0: -hmm. it was a little
1: bit disappointed to see him just smash it
0: yes yeah that's that plot device is out of here so but then santa slips on the dumpster nog gets electrocuted and is dead they have killed santa (laughs)
1: Yeah, I what were your thoughts on just like nerfing Santa so horribly like Santa is this like worldwide menace that people are terrified of and he Mm -hmm. goes down, basically without a fight. And like, even at the end of the episode, when it's revealed that Oh, he's still alive, whatever. He's like, no longer a menace. I yeah, I don't know how I felt about that.
0: Yeah, I think nerfing is a good way of putting it. Like They basically are like, Oh, he's not expecting it if you come at him from a different time. But Yeah. yeah, you're right. They made him quite a bit less menacing.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll have to see how the other Santa
0: episodes pan out. Yeah, see what they do with him in the next reboot. Yeah. Yeah, right. So then it's written on the wall, I still know what you did next, Xmas. And so then they start freaking out and they're like, oh my God, we got to get rid of the body. And so at one point they try to like use Santa as a rowboat and they like row him out (laughs) under Planet Express and... I did find this funny. I don't know if you will have laughed at it, but they try to add this extra weight to sink the corpse. And so <laughs> Bender adds two 50 pound weights and it doesn't work. So he just draws an extra zero. <laughs> yeah. Like I, uh,
1: I'm surprised they didn't have that. I mean, it's like such a cartoony thing. It's like a Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. thing to like, uh, draw it from zero. Now it weighs 500 pounds. But uh, yeah, it just kind of doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I think it works better because it didn't work. Like that yeah. makes it funnier. Yeah, like, still <laughs> nothing. So the police boat shows up and they're like, don't worry, we're just dumping toxic waste. And like, okay, great, carry on. Yeah,
1: made me think of Simpsons movie with Green Day playing in the bog and
0: dumping toxic waste. And that's what sets off like the environmental crisis. True, I kind of forgot about that. And when I say <laughs> kind of, I mean completely. Yeah. So this is the beginning of what I had forgotten about, which is this turducken plot line. <laughs> sure where every family has their own version of the turducken. Hermes is teaching Dwight how to make their version. Kif is making a turdolphin for his family. Hubert and Fry and the professor are making one with a 3D printer. And Leela's family is just going to catch a fresh one in the sewer.
1: <laughs> yeah, because the, the ones in the sewer are craving
0: death. but They like open the window and it just jumps into the pot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um... And... Interspersed with that, they're doing all of this like attempting to get rid of the body, where they're trying to create an acid bath for Santa. They try to put him in a meat grinder, and none of these things are working.
1: I I really liked the turducken like side plots again. I think that this was like mm-hmm. a good way to get everyone involved. There's like a consistent thing where everyone is making the same turducken. Can you power rank the four turduckens of 3D print sewer turducken, the dolphin, the turtle inside of a dolphin? And then Hermes was just alphabetical order turducken.
0: Yeah, true. Because they don't have a flamingo available. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to power rank them, really. I think probably the most like ethical one is the 3D printer, maybe. But I guess even then <laughs> there's like a chicken in there. But uh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe the, the one that is like craving death. That might be... <laughs> It the, might be the, the most ethical
1: one to put out of its misery
0: yeah yeah exactly and then the jamaican one i guess and then the dolphin seems like the worst
1: <laughs> seems like the least ethical okay so there's our ethical rankings of turduckins
0: yeah i mean they do get into that on one of the episodes that i think we've already talked about right have we talked about that one where they're eating a dolphin at the end and they're like this is scandalous yeah it's the popular episode they're like why do we think it's okay to eat some animals and not others? they like, that's horrible. I, Don't worry. This was yeah. a stupid dolphin. So it's fine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, the makes me think of the Triassic horror too, with the, uh, the smart dolphins that like take over.
0: Right. Man. I thought that was really scary as a kid too. That one was <laughs> a scary one. Yeah.
1: There's like, everyone gets pretty brutally
0: murdered in that episode. A lot of blood, if I recall. And I think that's, a, mm. that makes it more scary. Um,
1: me too. Lenny's like the first victim.
0: Not yeah plenty. right yes yeah, not money. <laughs> all right so let's see Fry shows up he meets Leela's parents and grandmother and that's when people start speculating like where the hell are Bender and Zoidberg we nobody has seen them this whole episode
1: yeah I really love that like the whole gang shows up at the office to like confront slash bring food to Zoidberg mm-hmm. and Bender and they like close the door and bah humbug I, I thought all this
0: was good Yes, they say this is a nightmare before Xmas, and yes. a, a funny line where Bender's like, "Oh, I wish," or I think Zoidberg says, "Like, I wish we'd never become friends," or something. And Bender's like, "We aren't friends, and we never were." And Zoidberg goes, "But we danced and murdered."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love Leela's threat of open up or we'll carol.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And at one point, they say the only rational option is to eat Santa. Do you want white Christmas or dark Christmas?
1: <laughs> yes. They they eventually get in. Uh, I love Zoidberg's line of come
0: in, come in. Everything's normal. Yes, very good. And kind of a nice Christmassy wholesome moment where they say we didn't realize you hadn't been invited anywhere. And then it gets the Futurama spin of as soon as we came, as soon as we realized what losers you are. <laughs> yeah. Santa has been taken apart. They have punch in his head. There's beer in his body with a bunch of ice. And mm-hmm. everybody brought their versions of the turducken for everyone to share.
1: Yes, Zoidberg has a third leg and kicks a little fucking twerp. What's his name? (laughs) Hubert. (laughs) Hubert. Uh, Hubert's in this episode. We hate it. Uh, Mm -hmm. He has one line of dialogue that is annoying. And he didn't grow up. We were also asking, is he going to have grown up over the past 20 years?
0: Yeah, no, no, not so. They also say it's so thoughtful to drop this disturbing food off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they say that Santa should be here any minute. It's Fry's first happy Christmas in a long time. And Santa shows up, and Bender and Zoidberg are very confused because shouldn't he be dead already?
1: <laughs> yes, and he is once again the bad Santa for some reason.
0: Yeah, they're very confused.
1: Uh, did you see? Did you see this coming? Did you have like any idea of what was going to happen? Because I, I, I kind of said like I had no idea where this episode was going, how they were going to resolve it. Um, yeah,
0: I, I thought he was still going to be evil, just because we didn't see him become good. So I think. Um when he like turns the key and then he was like i did it he's fixed i was like oh i bet he's not and but i did not see it coming that he was going to show up anyway after the kidnapping part
1: yeah i think there are like two good twists i guess that i didn't see coming one is that bender and zoidberg actually went to this christmas to kill santa and so that's how Santa is still alive when the, he comes flying into the room. And then the other good twist is yeah, the professor was the origin of Santa becoming bad
0: Santa by, by flipping a switch way back when he yes. was created. Yes, he says, I'm the one who reverses not your nice sensor. I've made a complete fry of myself. When I went back yes. in time, I'm the one who made him evil. <laughs> so,
1: yes, I, th- I think I speak for everyone when I say, what?
0: <laughs> i alluded to this at the beginning where i said that the kids get one funny line and i thought it was this one where santa goes you've all been very naughty especially you mandy and I'm like, who the hell is mandy and then it cuts yeah. to the child and she goes i'm sorry i forgot to feed the hamster
1: yeah i also really like that this poor kid that we know nothing about is yeah. especially naughty
0: Yeah, especially you mandy <laughs> So good. So everyone hides and Santa gets distracted by what he thinks are cookies. and Bender and Zoidberg then show up in the time machine and we see a repeat of when they kidnapped him before. So very confusing. What has happened?
1: Yes. Uh, Zoidberg has a good line of like, oh, who are these attractive gentlemen
0: or something like that. <laughs> yeah. and it's revealed that when they decided they were going to go ahead to next Xmas, they in fact just went ahead a week to this Xmas. And so they just kidnapped and killed Santa like a week ago. <laughs> so...
1: Yeah. Another good line from Farns of Earth is start stop blubbering, you bloobs, you're heroes.
0: <laughs> you saved all 19 of us.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good.
1: I, I feel like the Santa being a menace kind of like rings true. I, I feel like Santa can be scary for some kids of like this mm-hmm. overlord who is gonna either like give you presents or coal. Were you ever afraid of Santa growing up when you were very young? Or were you concerned of like, oh, I was naughty this year, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get coal?
0: Yeah, I was very I don't know if it was specific to Santa. I was pretty worried about going to hell. That was a big concern I had ah, as a child. It was that if yeah. I was not properly good, I would have eternal damnation. So that was <laughs> a big concern of mine. So yeah, I think Santa just like fed into that. I like, must be good at all times. Yeah.
1: Well, I and that's probably, I don't know if that's better or worse to be not so concerned with like the materialistic goods of getting toys, but more about your, you know, eternal soul.
0: Yeah. I think I was just like, it'll be terrible now and forever. <laughs> yeah. so yeah I was was pretty concerned about that I don't think it was about me being like particularly selfless so much as just like deeply (laughs) self-concerned yeah
1: we I I don't think I was ever concerned about Santa but I I remember you know when when I was like eight nine ten around the time that you're finding out Santa isn't real I remember like starting to write snarky notes to Santa where my dad would always respond to the notes in Santa handwriting and like Mm -hmm. I remember we would get ask more and more specific questions because my dad would troll us of like, we'd ask Santa like, Oh, like how much do you weigh? And my dad would respond like, <laughs> Oh, I weigh like 10 billion snowflake units or something. The next year we would use our question to be like, how much do you weigh in like U S pounds or something? And like, he would find some other way to, to, to dodge the question. So <laughs> I guess that's one, one good Christmas tradition that we had about my yeah. dad just trolling
0: us. Adorable. Yeah. And speaking of adorable. Zoidberg and Bender are friends now. And that is so cute. <laughs> and it turns out that Santa, so Santa's head is still alive. And he's like, it was I who sent you the notes from the future. And what I, I I knew what you did next Xmas and it was that you became friends with Zoidberg. So I'm blackmailing you. I
1: didn't follow this like at all, what they're talking about in these like 30 seconds. Very confusing. It's like, I feel like they just needed some way to tie up this. I yeah. know what you did next <laughs> Xmas thread and it like makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like, wait what it's like yeah the thing that you did was become friends with zoidberg <laughs> like, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah so whatever it's fine it it works i don't need to interrogate it yeah. too much
1: oh but... uh, well i do think that they like potentially could have cut out the entire like references to i know he did last summer like other than murdering santa and trying to like bury the body or get rid of the body
0: there's like not much of yeah. the like horror element that lands or makes any sense in this episode yes i think i would tend to agree who are the winners and losers in this episode? Zoidberg made a friend.
1: Zoidberg made a friend. They're also yeah, Zoidberg and Bender are heroes. They like save the day. Santa is presumably like not a global issue anymore. So mm-hmm. society at large has won. And yeah, I think I think Zoidberg and Bender are like the can take credit for that. So
0: Yeah. And I guess Santa's kind of the loser.
1: Yeah. Santa's dead. Yeah. But or he's he's still alive, but just ahead.
0: Yeah, seems to have lost. Poor, poor Mandy. Mandy seems like a loser. Mm, The hamster, apparently. Yeah, seemingly. (laughs) So, yeah. Next week's episode, I'm a little nervous. Is called "Rage Against the Vaccine."
1: Okay, this could. (laughs) We haven't gotten too too much of like 2020. Am I right? Or you know, Mm -hmm. like oh, we're in the 2020s. uh, Let's just make jokes about that. Like the streaming stuff was close, but I didn't mind that. We were nervous about that for Bitcoin, but that ended up not really being a thing, or at least not too obnoxious. But this could be this could be the first one that's like we're just doing South Park now. We're just like being extremely topical all the time.
0: Yeah. So the synopsis is just a pandemic ravages future Earth.
1: All right. We'll see. I mean I'm I'm open
0: minded. Yeah. Trivia about the episode, it parodies the COVID 19 pandemic, social media misinformation, etc. So yeah. All right. Well, all we'll right, see. Well. I,
1: we'll get your professional takes on pandemics, on the viruses, all the good
0: stuff. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, God. It's stressful. <laughs> yes. All right. Incredible. Alex, how can people get in touch with us if they would like to do so?
1: Uh, you can email us, potoftomorrow of tomorrow at gmail.com, at potoftomorrow of tomorrow on Twitter. I don't think anyone's reached out to us in a while Rate and rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, our Spotify rating is, we have a lot of ratings there. I think I, I think I said this uh, a while ago, we have like 44 ratings there Uh, or maybe not. Maybe I think maybe it's 35 ratings there and it's like not great. We have like a 4.4. So give us some, give us some stars on Spotify. Um, Yeah. Pump us up. We know we're uh, just uh, it's fine about Futurama. (laughs) But uh, if you're, I mean, uh, we're just here for vibes anyways. um. I'll
0: rate us right now. I haven't done it, so I'll do it. Yeah. That'll help. (laughs) (laughs) Not desperate at all. You can hear more from me over on BoJack HorsePod talking BoJack Horseman, Too Good Birdie, and uh, What We Do in the Shadows Pod dropped last week. So check that out if you want. How'd it go? Oh, it was fine. It was a good end of the season. Not as good as last season, but still pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you guys did it in like bulk, right? You did
0: like last five
1: episodes or last?
0: Yes. Yeah, we did first five, or I guess we did like a preview and then the first five and then the back five. Yeah.
1: Are you yeah. are you watching anything else these days?
0: We have been watching the West Wing up oh. to the minute with our current viewing. I also watched I started watching the newest season of the Great Canadian Baking Show. So I think I'm about yeah. a, a year behind on that as well. Yeah. 4.4 4 on 35 ratings. So yeah. only listeners to the show can rate it. Check out a few episodes when they come back. I listen to every episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we watched Claim to Fame. Did you do any of that?
0: No, but I listened to all the podcasts about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was good. People really hyped it up as, as an excellent show. And I would say, like, I would instantly watch another season. So I think that that is a good barometer of it being pretty good. Wheel of Time is like... uh a show that's kind of bad, but I want to be good. So I continue to watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: let's watch more TV
1: out here. Welcome to Wrexham. I love that. Uh, did, do you know what that is?
0: I've never even heard of such a thing.
1: That's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney did like yes. real life Ted Lasso. It's the documentary of them buying the the Welsh soccer team. And the first season is incredible. And the the second season like is released today, I think. So I'm going to watch that at some point
0: all right well that's good yeah i knew that they had done something like gone to Wales or some shit
1: mm-hmm. yeah the, i mean it's like sports so take take that as you will <laughs> but the first season is very very good it's like much more about the community and you know what the team means to the means to the community and all that kind of stuff um like it's also all just like propaganda and you know a feel-good documentary about this team uh, i'm course. sure there's like many many issues with all of it but uh, yeah it's, it's very fun
0: yeah good good all right well check us out send us your reviews we need the attention and the validation (laughs) yep yep all right and then we'll see you next week for the vaccine episode
1: (laughs) perfect all right bye